Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin. I'll be your host today and I have my fellow nerd with me, my fellow Star Wars fan, Nathan, is joining us today. Hey everyone. Good to be here. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. So today we are going to be revisiting The Mandalorian. We'll be discussing season one of The Mandalorian, episode eight, the, the final episode of that first season. So we're glad to be talking Mandalorian, be talking Star Wars and kind of revisit that and, and talk, break it down and talk about it some. So thanks for joining us today, and we want to encourage you guys to to subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube channel, so that we can you know get those those numbers up and get more people interested in what we're talking about. So if you like it, definitely subscribe. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything; it helps us out. So you know, do that when you get a minute and like the video, make comments uh, underneath, you know, the comment section. You know, if you like what we're saying or have questions about what we're saying, definitely comment and join in the conversation we'll we'll answer and go back and forth uh so for me starting this uh this episode on my rewatch it'd been a while since i'd seen this episode probably at least a year i think i did a rewatch when uh, season two was gonna start up about over over a year ago and so i rewatched it so it's been a while for me um but while i was watching it i remembered some things and you know just the overall feel of this episode i I kind of got excited for season three. I mean, I, I was excited anyway, but I was excited to revisit this this storyline and to watch season two as well. So for me, it was a pleasant rediscovery of how great this show is. And a lot of it's due to this episode. We find out some, some cool information more about The Mandalorian. We get a, a longer flashback up until now. It was just short flashbacks, and this is kind of bringing it all together. So I was uh, happy to see that they revealed some new things in this episode. For you, Nathan, as far as revisiting this episode, what did you think um, coming into it again to see it again? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it uh, as much as I did, you know, the first time I watched it. Um, and uh, I enjoyed uh, other reveals and um, some of the backstory that was uh, brought up. And as always, how all the different layers of all the different Star Wars stories and sagas from the the... Uh, from the series, the TV series, the animated series, and of course the the uh, the two part the trilogies of both uh, one through three and uh, four through six, how it tied all that in together and all the references. That's the thing. That's one of the great things about Star Wars is how all the stories interconnect mm -hmm. and how you can find ties to all of them and those characters and is what you know really draws you into the Star Wars universe. And of course. This this series and these um, the production value of these shows were were definitely on par and uh, uh, a great great to to rewatch and revisit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, we we've been talking off and on, and I think we brought it up in a previous episode of our previous review episodes. Which, by the way, this is our first uh, video review podcast of The Mandalorian season one. So. All our previous reviews are audio only, but you can find those on our website, CredibleNerds.com. So definitely go back and check that out. But um, for me, we've talked about it before, is just kind of keeping everything straight because there's flashbacks. This takes place after episode six, Return of the Jedi. But there's some a lot of topics that are brought up that happen in the prequel timeline. So it's just kind of balancing and trying to figure everything out can be uh, challenging sometimes, at least for me. To kinda, I really have to focus, okay, this is 
post Return of the Jedi. So this is the Empire has fallen, and but yet we have a pretty strong Imperial presence in this show, at least this first season. So do you ever kind of find yourself in that mindset too, like, okay, I got to focus and. Where yeah. is this happening? When is this happening? Yeah, absolutely. My mind tends to want to uh, plug this uh, series in between uh, three and four. But yeah. as we know, this is post uh, post uh, six, Return of the Jedi, and uh, and about you know we understand it's five years after. Uh, so yeah, I do struggle uh, with that sometimes, uh, especially in hindsight as they bring out other seasons and other episodes and add to the saga and add to the series yeah. uh, you're getting more uh, you as you as they come out with more tv series um you do tend to uh get a little lost and you know these standalone movies as well and you know rogue one uh the solo story mm -hmm. uh so you do have to kind of sometimes at least i do i have to kind of think to myself okay well, you know what we're what exactly is the timing of this yeah. so you can keep it all straight because what you want to do at least what i want to do is i want to think to myself okay where are when this is happening other characters in the in the star wars universe uh, where are they right now are yeah. they alive are they dead and how old are they and what are, would they be doing right yeah. now yeah where's han solo where's yeah. luke what's the re the status of the the new republic you know exactly yeah because we know luke is um would be alive we know mm -hmm. han solo would be alive uh and and uh, leia and 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 really everyone that mm -hmm. you know from from the uh, original trilogy so you know so yeah where are they and what are they doing that's that's you know the big question on everyone's mind especially when um this uh, this series came out you know and mm -hmm. that was the big question is is are we going to see any characters uh from any of the original uh movies yeah you know, that's you know something that you're you know craving to know yeah. when you're watching these yeah and, or or even hear about them you know even a reference to yeah them. that'd be cool yeah yeah so maybe we'll get some future appearances of <laughs> the main characters uh in the future seasons who knows right yeah <laughs> but uh for me you know this episode picks off pretty much where the last one left off and we have our heroes they're kind of pinned down in one of the cantinas in town in that main town that the grief cargo lives in and um at the end of the last episode we had a, our new villain the kind of the man behind all this stuff that we've been watching in previous episodes uh, he shows up in his tie fighter and it's moff gideon a new character that we hadn't really heard about. And so they're there. And then we had uh, Grogu. He ended up being captured at the end of the last episode. And so we're like, oh, what's what's going on with him? Is he all right? So this starts off with these two Imperial bike troopers. They have him. They've kidnapped him and captured him. And they're on their way back to the main town to return him to Navarro. And this is where you know, a lot of outrage in the, when this season, this episode first aired. Because these Imperial troopers are pretty mean to Grogu, to Baby Yoda, and beat him up and punch him and things like that. So you can, and you actually do kind of feel bad for little Baby Yoda there for a minute. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I believe the actor is uh, Jason Sudeikis, and yeah. I heard that he got a lot of death threats uh, for punching yeah. uh, Baby Yoda, as we uh, you know call him at this time. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, pretty funny. I, what did you think of that scene? What did you did you? It, I mean, I appreciated the the comic relief in some aspect, but they were punching him pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like I don't. I mean, I I would uh, you would 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 Baby Yoda really be able to survive some of those poundings yeah. uh he got and of course you know the the classic uh when they pull out their blasters and yeah. they're trying to shoot something on the ground like 10 feet away and they keep missing, keep missing you know yeah. the you know the old uh, the old adage they they can't uh, they can't shoot yeah <laughs> yeah that was good good addition there um i thought it i mean you, you feel bad for baby yoda but at the same time it's like it shows you just kind of the state of the empire, what their mindset is. They don't care about helpless things. You know, they're, they're just there to take over and get what they need and move on. Yeah. The impression I got though, is that it wasn't, they didn't look at it as a, um, an intelligent or sent, I don't know what the correct term would be, but the the impression I got that is they looked at it as more or less a pet, Mm -hmm. uh, probably couldn't with limited intelligence. Like, yeah. like a, like we would be like consider a household animal something that's you know people don't necessarily uh, some people wouldn't show a lot of respect to, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah yeah because they obviously didn't um, they just you know um, a backyard animal you mm-hmm. know and and even you know, even once suggested that maybe. Moth Gideon wanted to eat it. Yeah. He's there to kill it and eat <laughs> so, it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, from that perspective, but of course, from a viewer's perspective, we've grown up, you know, we've spent all season knowing that it's it's a, an intelligent being that, mm-hmm. and uh, not just something that, not a, like a chicken, you know, yeah. <laughs> being raised in someone's yeah. backyard. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was, I was a little cringy watching. I, I cringed a little bit when, uh, when they started punching the bag. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But it, but it was pretty funny when he bit bit the trooper's uh, finger there. Yeah. Bit back. yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get a hold of they for some reason they stop outside of town, but um, they're trying to get a hold of Moff Gideon to let them know they have the package. They've secured the bag, the bounty or whatever. Uh, but so they have to talk to someone who has to talk to Gideon, and the someone is like, oh, I'm not talking. He just killed a bunch of troopers for being incompetent or something. So this guy's like, well, hold on a second. Wait yeah. till he cools down. Yeah. So they, they're sitting there waiting, and that's when they start shooting the blasters and stuff. And then they call back, and they're like, hey, what's going on? What are we doing? And it's like, well, he just killed someone, so we're, I'm not going to talk to him now. <laughs> so they don't communicate to Gideon that they have captured Baby Yoda at this point. And that comes up later. And we'll get to that, how that affects the rest of the story. But key, key uh, point there. But IG-11 shows up, he overtakes these troopers and just, you know, kills them, basically. Yeah. So the, the audience is happy now because the mean guys have been taken care of. And he rescues Baby Yoda, and they go flying into town. And this is where we have a pretty cool sequence of IG-11 just, you know, putting things on autopilot, puts Baby Yoda on his back so he doesn't get shot and just starts blasting troopers, Yeah, which is pretty sweet sequence there, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before that happens, of course, we have Moth Gideon kind of give his speech mm, to yep. 
to uh, our heroes who are stuck in the salon. And, uh, you know, he starts revealing, we learn, mm-hmm. uh, that he knows quite a bit of information about them. How, how do you think he knows so much about them? Any any uh, yeah. ideas? Yeah. I mean, the Mandalorian, Din, he kind of says, well, he knows, like, he reveals, oh, Din, Din Djarin, you're here, and Cara Dune, Republic Shock Trooper, you're here, and all this stuff. So he does have this info, and Din says, well, the only person that knows my name is, it's located in on Mandalore, like in the databases or something. Uh-huh. And so he took over Mandalore, so he's the only one that would really know. So, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But how does he able to, like, of all the people... In the databases, all the Mandalorians, he's like, oh, yeah, it's this Din, Din Djarin guy. Yeah. You know, so how does that happen? I don't know. Yeah, I, I can only assume that, you know, from the very beginning when, uh, when the Mandalore, which we now know his name is Din Djarin, was hired, he was hired by a character that we understood to be a, the client. The client. And we now realize that he was actually the client was more likely working for Moth Gideon mm-hmm. and Moth Gideon probably obviously Din Djarin probably had a reputation. And if there was anyone who could get him Grogu and do it without bringing in te- attention to Imperials, it would be, you know, mm-hmm. through this channel. So yeah. that would be my assumption as to why, um, they did it. It was done that way. And, um, and so he obviously must have had a, a reputation that Moth Gideon was aware of, but but how but how he knew about Cara Dune and her history, you know, who knows uh, at this point. But yeah. but some pretty big reveals when he when he went and iterated their history and all their experiences, and we yeah. learned some pretty interesting things at that point. Yeah, and they also reveal stuff about um, Moth Gideon. You know, Knight of the Thousand Tears, he conquered Mandalore. You know, he was a key player. They thought he'd been executed for his war crimes, but obviously he hadn't because he's standing right there. Yeah. So we learned, you know, it's a lot of reveal there in that, you know, few minutes of dialogue that we get. Yeah. Which is very helpful because that was a lot of the questions leading up to that episode. It was like, who is this Mandalorian? Um, where is he from? What's his name? And with the flashback, we get the Clone Wars era flashback where his parents hide him in the bunker. Right. And then um, the Death Watch shows up right before he's about to get shot and they rescue him. So there's, you know, more a lot of information, like you said, coming out in this episode, which is great to see. Yeah. But it left a lot of questions. Yeah, leave <laughs> we a got lot the of information, but then there's more questions, which yeah. is awesome storytelling. Yeah. Again, gives that it makes those ties but then makes you start wondering how how is it all connected and especially on in a timeline perspective mm-hmm. but this kind of brought there was this brought up one scene or during the scene uh, I did, admittedly had um, a you know kind of a a uh, uh, what's the word Gr- grievance and that is is you know I, I I didn't quite fully understand why moth giving would give them an ultimatum or basically like negotiate with them to basically give them to sundown to come out. Otherwise he was going to level the building and and more or less kill them. Yeah. They set up the weapon like, and they're all scared. Like, well, I'm giving you till sundown. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he knows 
he he we we understand or believe that he has sent the um uh the the bike troopers out to to get or, or at least to investigate mm-hmm. to see if quill has grogu because he could probably think uh, moth gideon's no dummy and he can probably assume that if uh, that they would probably have him hiding somewhere on so, the ship, on probably. a ship or something. Yeah. So he sends out these troopers, these bike troopers, out to go investigate. They see Quill. They run him down. They get uh, Baby Yoda, but we understand, or it appears that he, they're not able to communicate that he has him. But something that I kind of wondered during that time is if, if that was a possibility, it seems like Moth Gideon wouldn't have stood there and given such a long speech and uh, kind of monologued. Yeah. Uh, you think I, I would have thought that he would have been like, before I go and you know stand here and say all this dialogue, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to find out if, you know, if those bike troopers did in fact find, yeah. you know, the prize yeah. uh, that uh, I was getting for. I, I that, that part, I just, I, I, it kind of, made me pause for a minute it, it didn't feel like it didn't really make sense to me that mm-hmm. that that's the way he would operate it just seems like he would be like all right let's be all right i've got these guys cornered i don't know if they've got you know baby yoda but before i level the building and potentially kill what i want i'm gonna see what the situation is mm-hmm. and you know you know, maybe he's just buying time maybe he's just like yeah. hey i'll give you guys till sundown to make them sweat until he finds out. Um, I think that's what it was. He was stalling to so hear back from those guys, his troopers that he sent out. Did you do it? Did you get him? Yeah. And if not, then he has to keep him alive so he can capture them or, you know, torture them to get the info or whatever, that type of thing. Yeah. The way I took it. But it does seem convoluted. Like, this has to happen, this has to happen. But there's this guy in the middle who doesn't want to talk to the boss because the boss is mad. Yeah. yeah that seems kind of... Yeah. In some ways it's kind of funny, but in other ways it's not very efficient. Yeah. I just think Moth Gideon would have been like, you know, before he went and did his monologue, he would mm-hmm. have found out what's yeah. going on with those troopers before he. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, has anybody heard from so-and-so? Yeah. Before oh, I yeah, stand out me. here and, you know, yeah. give this big speech. So I know where I stand. Uh, yeah. Cause he kind of, it seems like he's just operating in the blind there, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah unnecessarily convoluted or too many steps i think yeah but but it was really interesting you know we learned uh i believe this is when we learned uh the mandalore mando's name dinjarin mm-hmm. we learned that uh, cara dune is from alderaan you mm-hmm. know so we can understand her deep seated hatred for the imperials mm-hmm. um so you know really interesting and that you know i i and also some of the Easter eggs, you know, like in uh, episode four, the uh, the sewer drain and trying to cut through the, the sewer drain so they can escape into yeah. the sewers. And, you know, that kind of was a, a little bit of a reference to the original mm-hmm. episode four when yeah. they were in the jail on the on the Death Star. And uh, uh, so um, I appreciated I could appreciate that. Um, and, you know, they bring in. Uh, of course, and they discuss um, Moth Gideon obviously was there in some capacity in the Purge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've got ties to the Clone Wars um, and, 
you know, so, uh, yeah. So I, 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 sometimes, you know, they bring in these villains and you're like, where was this guy, you know, in the, you mm-hmm. know, in the, in the movies, but you know, obviously that can't be always accounted for, but yeah, I, it was great, great scene, great episode. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, because of that monologue, we get all this information. So maybe they're like, well, we got to have this scene where, uh, Moff Gideon tells us all this cool information. So how do we write around that? You know, yeah, that's, that's the key. And so they have to figure out a way to present that info somehow. And that's why we get that. Yeah. That sequence. So well, that's storytelling, right? I guess. Yeah. 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 But, um, so then IG 11 shows up, shows starts up. blasting. Of course they, they use this as an opportunity to fight and maybe escape. They bust out of the saloon. They start shooting back and, uh, but things don't necessarily go the way you hope, do they? Yeah. And this whole part, I was like, I kept thinking, why do stormtroopers wear armor? Because <laughs> yeah. IG 11 shoots them once the guy like right here and the armor doesn't even go like turn black or get broken he just the guy just falls down and he's like oh he's dead yeah it's like okay what's the point of yeah, having you, this protection you see that well and 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 all of the star wars right mm-hmm. episodes you seem like you get you see troopers get blasted you know with mm-hmm. one shot and they fall to the ground yeah. so is it really armor or is it more or less just a uniform yeah uh, because it's, intimidation techniques yeah. or something and because uh, it doesn't really seem to have any effect on Mm-hmm. Uh, accomplishing what we think it would be accomplished. I mean, the helmets, uh, you know, the suits. W- w- yeah, what what purpose do they serve? Because yeah. troopers are getting blasted left and right yeah. and falling to the ground <laughs> with no with no problem. Yeah, then like. our heroes can get shot, and they're or even like in other stories, they get stabbed and yeah. cut in half. And they're <laughs> and like fine. Yeah, no armor, and they're they're fine. Yeah, but I remember watching A New Hope in theaters as a young child four-year-old maybe five-year-old and the original cut was when the the heroes dress up in the stormtrooper armor and go to that room to find princess leia where she's at Uh they shoot those officers when they come barging in and i remember those guys had holes in their chest from the blasters from the laser bolts and i was like i remember thinking whoa this movie is serious (laughs) oh yeah getting killed yeah big black and it affected me yeah yeah so i but i then i also read later that they kind of dialed it back or did something to make it so it's not so brutal yeah i think i recall that yeah so i want to see that (laughs) at least with the armor right at least have a hole in the armor not necessarily have to see a hole in their body yeah but you know so I think there is a deleted scene or mm-hmm. cut small tidbits of that scene that were cut out mm-hmm. where you would, where they showed, um, uh, I, th- I think especially, I think in when they re-released them mm-hmm. in the nineties, I think that they edited that scene a little bit Yeah, and, uh, uh, you, you don't see those, what you saw in the original theatrical release. Mm-hmm. I do now recall that you mentioned that that there were little half seconds cut out where they don't, the camera pans to, you know, a, a wounded uh, stormtrooper, and you would see what you just illustrated, mm-hmm. and that's now, you don't see that anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's true. I'll have to, you know, fact check me on that, but I think yeah. that was, I think I recall that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the stormtroopers, their armor's not very effective. Uh, but um, So the heroes, they take that chance, like you said, to cause a disturbance, perhaps escape. But there's just too many stormtroopers. I liked how they had 
you know, the white, the regular white stormtroopers, they had the, the biker scouts, they had the, the death troopers from that we first saw in Rogue One. They had the incinerator trooper. You know, so they have all these different types with different roles. And it was pretty cool to see them all working together because I don't think we really saw that many working together up until yeah. this point. So, and I think if if I'm not mistaken, you know, they may the mention that the when Moth Gideon arrives, that he has a bunch of troopers that were already there killed. And I, yeah. I, I the understanding was to me, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you know a lot of those troopers probably were not affiliated with the empire, with were with him, they more or less were just kind of like working, they were there on the planet and kind of basically were now soldiers for hire Mm -hmm. and helping guard the client Uh, or I think that may because you know their armor is dirty it looks like that they've kind of like where this you get these new troopers show up and they're shiny bright white and clean Mm -hmm. and they've got more discipline more discipline and they're acting like soldiers where these guys the the contingent that was there seems like they may have been more or less just a outlier guys that had just been around for years and weren't really, you know, basically just working for the client. Mm-hmm. And so it, it sounds like when Moth Gideon shows up, he just basically has all those guys killed and wipes them out, gets yeah. rid of them. Yeah. Those two troopers, when they're trying to communicate to the client or to Moth Gideon, they, that's when they say, yeah, you just killed this whole, all these troopers. So yeah. That's probably where that came from. So, but yeah, so the guys, they can't, they can't defeat all these new troopers because they're more disciplined and more power, more firepower. We had the scene where they set up the E-Web. So that's, you know, a mountain gun to take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, Din Djarin grabs that and starts using that just without the stand to try and escape. But uh, Gideon blows up the power pack or the battery ammunition pack or whatever it is, and that's when... He gets hurt. Yeah, he gets hurt. And Cara Dune has to come out and grab him. And they pull him back. And they're all back, back in the saloon yeah, again. End up back where they were, yeah. Yeah, but this time IG-11's with him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, with Baby Yoda. But yeah, uh, you know, Mando's hurt. It's not looking good. What'd you think of that scene when, you know, when he's basically telling him to, to leave me? Yeah. I'm done for. <laughs> yeah. the, it's the kind of this the stereotypical yeah i'm hurt i'm wounded i can't go, go on, on without me go on without me <laughs> it's like when c-3po loses his arm in a new hope <laughs> yeah. from the sand people and he's like go on without me it's yeah. okay yeah <laughs> and then like, no. yeah that's yeah we see that in a lot of movies don't we the, yeah. the traditional i'm hurt i'm mm-hmm. done for go on without me it's usually the hero yeah and then there's like i can't leave you we can't <laughs> leave you yeah yeah little cliche but you know yeah a lot of cliches in this movie or this show which is kind of good because a lot of western stuff right yeah absolutely. brings them back it's not over the it doesn't hit you over the head not over the top but they're there and you can kind of like oh yeah yeah you kind of throwbacks to older movies and mm-hmm. stuff which is great yeah so i like it so but then what happens next so the incinerator trooper comes in to just burn him out mop gideon's done he knows baby yoda's in there which is counterproductive to what he was trying to do in the first place to yeah. capture Baby Yoda. Now he's just right. going to burn him out, kill him. Yeah. I, I again, you know, it brings up the original question. You know, I I don't. Seems like some of the actions he takes are contradictory, mm-hmm. but you know, we don't really know at this point in time why he wants 
uh, Baby Yoda, what mm-hmm. his what we can only assume, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, to send in the incinerator trooper in there and just fire them all, mm-hmm. uh, burn them all, doesn't seem like it would be a, yeah. a, a wise choice. Yeah, unless yeah. of course he was acting on his own. But we see the fire trooper go in, and what happens? Yeah, Baby Yoda uses the force to push back the fire and send it back to the trooper and blows him up, basically. Uh, and so they that they take that opportunity to to escape. IG Eleven's been able to, you know, get rid of the grate. Use his, I don't know, what was it? Is like a welder. Yeah, plate. yeah, some type of tool. The plasma cutter. Yeah, that's probably what it was. <laughs> Open that grate so they're able to escape, and that's when, like you said, Din Djarin's like, "Leave me." But um, IG Eleven stays behind, and he's able to take off his helmet because he's not a living thing. So it doesn't count. <laughs> right. Yeah. He can take off his helmet in front of droids. So, and then IG 11 uses some back to spray to start healing. It's going to take, he's like, it's going to take a few minutes, but you'll be okay. Yeah. So then they are able to escape with him through the tunnels and they end up going back to the armor, that room where she's forging all the, yeah. the armor for Mandalorian earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. They go down there. I, I, I wonder if he was expecting to find the covert there. I, it kind of sounded like he was. And everyone, because of course, when he gets down there, the, the, you know, instead of allies, he finds piles of armor, right? yeah. which was pretty shocking. Yeah. Yeah. So and, they, a lot of those didn't survive that earlier episode when they come to help him out to help him escape. A lot of them didn't survive. Some did, some escaped. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot of them didn't, which yeah. is. Yeah. And what, what did, I mean, were they all, um, um, I forget the uh, the name, but basically the the youth, the the what do they call oh, the foundlings? The foundlings, yeah. Were was it a pile of armor, a, fa- a foundling armor, or was it just no? It was just regular, regular armor. warriors, yeah. So they find the armor, and she says that they basically did escape, mm-hmm. but she's still there. Yeah. You know, why do you think she was still there? She said she was break, and she was doing something with the armor that was already the pile there. She was melting it down because it's. Okay. I don't know if they had Beskar. If, if they did have Beskar, she'd want to, you know, recycle that and use it. But she was doing something. Maybe it was like a, a burial, a burial type thing. Okay. But she was just there, kind of cleaning up when yeah. they showed up and covering their tracks. Maybe. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, it could yeah. be. And this is where we get the story about how. Um, he saved Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda saved him. So now they're a clan of two, and she creates that mudhorn signet and gives it to Din. Yeah, for his armor, which was pretty cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty cool symbol. Yeah, and then she tasks. She tells him a story about how way back when um, the Mandalorians fought the Jedi, this uh, group of sorcerers, and. Din's like, well, they were enemies. They're our enemies. And he's just like, well, they were, but he's this baby Yoda isn't because different time. And I, it was interesting because she talked about the Jedi as a, like a group, like a race or a, a group of people that's, um, they're, cause we know the Jedi is as they pull people from different planets, from different races, different peoples, different cultures and then they become the Jedi. So they're like a mixture of things. But she views the Jedi as a group in and of itself, kind of like the Mandalorians see themselves. Yeah. Because they're 
different people, different cultures as well. Yeah. Does 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 he call them wizards? Does he use the I think term so. yeah. wizards? Yeah. Or something to that effect. Um, space wizards. Space wizards. <laughs> space magic. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Same thought. I had that same thought. Uh, 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 but like a religion, right? Mm-hmm. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. And that she he needed you know she tasks him that she he needs to return baby Yoda to this his, his people con- his, his kind, kind. Yeah. yeah not necessarily his race or species but yeah. this this these people who have this these same abilities um obviously there's a ton of history there that you know they can't go into but it's interesting that um din doesn't doesn't really have an understanding of these yeah. jedi because yeah. you know based off of you know timeline wise and and if he was alive during the clone wars you would think that he would have a much better uh knowledge of the jedi just know who they are i've heard of them yeah um but it's interesting that only five years after uh return of the jedi you know even maybe and this is just me speculating but you know it's there the jedi aren't vast in numbers uh, and but you know the the stories and the sagas tend to follow this group, which which we may incorrectly assume um, that they're represented more, but maybe it's just not so much. And and a lot of people really don't know about the Jedi; they've just kind of heard about them, and they're really not sure what they do or cannot can or cannot do. Um, but we're so knowledgeable because that's what the stories yeah. focus on. Yeah. So we maybe operate under the false pretense that everyone would know them, but a lot of people are like, there's probably a, most people in the universe have probably never even seen a Jedi, right? Right. They only hear stories. Yeah. But, but you would think Din would have, in his lifetime, come across, you know, some. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like, well, why was there this war with these robots, these droids? Um, What was that about? And, well, the Jedi and the clone, you know, that would be part of the explanation, I would think. Yeah. I mean, he would have been alive during the Purge. Yeah. He So you would think he would have heard of General Kenobi Mm -hmm. and his association with, um, you know, Satine and uh, and Bo-Katan. But Mm -hmm. obviously... You know, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, well, we don't know that he doesn't, but well, he was surprised when he heard like wizards. What? Yeah. The, yeah. And he didn't realize that when he saw that Grogu could do things with his mind, he didn't put it together that oh, that's the Force. He must be a Jedi or something. Right. Yeah. That was news to him. Yeah. So, you know, kind of bit of the head scratcher on that one. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you know, we don't really know much about his backstory and where he's been or what he's been doing. Yeah. Um, if he's even been on Mandalore, and and if he has, how long he was there, and when he was there, mm-hmm. was he there before the purge? Was he ever there at all, or did he just kind of join this covert of and and but you know always worked as a as a bounty hunter his entire life? And, yeah. Um, don't yeah, know. I think they raised him, this group, this um, religious sect that isn't uh, the main part of Mandalore. He wasn't part of Death Watch, right? No. Well, that's interesting because Death Watch rescued him. Right. So what happened next? Yeah. 
you would assume that they would have taken him in if and they would have come they are there it shows him being rescued by this group if after all of the droids are killed or destroyed mm-hmm. the death watch would have gathered the survivors and taken them with them yeah like hey join us yeah because so, he was a foundling at that point exactly so he had to have had some interaction with them and maybe and then he eventually saw what they were doing and was like i don't want anything to do with that and he left yeah, yeah. but kind of found a new covert that aligned with something more than what he he believed and maybe in season three we'll learn more about that mm-hmm. yeah i think we will i mean hopefully it's a big part of what's you know hey what what's this guy's backstory yeah. And for me, as a fan, those are the things I'm that interest me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things. It's the backstories. It's the the, the character development. Those are yeah. the things that that interesting and how it all ties together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she tasks him, like you said, with hey, you got to find his people, return him to his people, and she also gives him the the rising phoenix jetpack. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I used it when I was a kid, but I'm not an expert on it, but he, he takes it anyway. And she tells him, Hey, you guys got to go to this boat down the river. You'll be able to escape. So they go to the lava boat and they all get in and head down there and they realize, Oh, there's these troopers waiting for us. So IG 11, this part was, I was kind of rolling my eyes. Another trope. He's like, I have to sacrifice myself for you guys. So the baby baby Yoda can live and survive. That's my mandate is to keep him safe. Yeah. And so he sacrifices himself and it's like this big dramatic music and everyone's like, no, you can't go. Yeah. We, you'll die. And all of like, a sudden, Din's got alive. this emotional attachment yeah. to a droid. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when he's hated all droids yeah, up the, until this The whole point. season. Yeah. Doesn't like him. Yeah. So. And, and hates IG-11. But yeah. now he finally is like, you can't, you, 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 you just can't do it yeah. like like you know like they've been besties for yeah for years, years. <laughs> yeah that's just kind of that like, funny yeah like okay um and he's a droid so i don't really have an emotional attachment to this guy i mean cool he's he's been funny he's had some good one-liners this last episode he's voiced by taika Waititi, so yeah he's got that type of humor that we've seen in the thor movies yeah um which i think in small bits is great as long as it's not the plot, but um, so he's the droid sacrifices itself, and they're able to get out. But then Moff Gideon shows up, flying this Tie Fighter, and starts firing on him. So Din puts the jet back on and flies up and is able to shoot a cable, attach him to the Tie Fighter, and then blows up, blows off one of the wings, and the mm-hmm. Tie Fighter crashes. So did you think Gideon was dead at this point? Well, initially? I mean, no, I didn't yeah. because. It's Star Wars, yeah. right? And I mean, it certainly could. He certainly could have been. I mean, he could have been dead. And we were hoping for a season two. Mm-hmm. And at the you know when this originally came out, um, because this the story. So as far as we know, the the next chapter or the next series would and could have been just a, a new whole plot of of him you know, looking and finding a, a Jedi to mm-hmm. give baby Yoda to yeah. and what that entailed and could have been more or less kind of about him, you know, trying to find him. And then once he did, 
how does he interact with them and does he find a friendly Jedi yeah. or maybe he doesn't who knows you know and and of course you know it's like well who what the only Jedi we know walking around right is mm, the, is, Luke. is Luke so yeah. is this is season two gonna be him looking for Luke you just you know you, know, you don't you really don't know um, but uh, so I, I I wasn't sure you know I wasn't sure uh, it, it certainly could have it could have gone both ways yeah but it wouldn't have surprised me if he was alive not at all yeah uh, so Mando goes back, gets Grogu and says his goodbyes to Cara Dune and grief. And they're going to stay there and build up the, the, the bounty hunter business there, the guild. And, um, he's going to go off and try and track down a Jedi to find, yeah. you know, give him back. What did you think about him flying around on the, with the jetpack? Like he just was a pro at it yeah he'd never really done it before yeah well yeah the first time i was like well he learned that pretty fast but <laughs> the second this rewatch i noticed he didn't really do much like he yeah. shot himself up straight up shot his uh, cable and then he didn't really fly around no. when he let go he fell most of the way and was able to kind of land himself okay. gracefully so it wasn't like he was flying around so i think the first time i re remember when i first watched it i was just like um he seems to <laughs> yeah. be doing pretty well yeah. with that jetpack having never used one before yeah. um but you know you know when they reference he may have used one once or twice before when he was young i don't know but i was surprised at how, how well he was able to use it because I would imagine, well, if I had put on a jetpack for the first time, I'm pretty sure yeah. I would crashed and died yeah. <laughs> pretty quickly. That's a good point. I think yeah. even what he did was still a lot for not having yeah. done it for 20, 30 years. But you know, maybe those, you know, those. <laughs> it's those things when on a rewatch when you're like, you know, you, you, you know, like okay, the first time I watched this, I thought this was kind of like a little okay whatever but you know maybe you're like well i guess maybe it wasn't as what i remember maybe it's not as good as i thought it was when i first watched it but yeah, yeah. yeah. um but you know he's he said something and this was another thing when they're in the saloon and they're trying to escape you know they can't get through that grate and he says he doesn't have any charges left or any yeah and you're like but then when he attaches himself oh, to the yeah, tie fighter he has these grenade charges things that he attaches to it where did those come okay. from? Yeah. So when they go, yes, that's a good point. But when they go to talk to their armor, she's like, go resupply your oh, munitions. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Glad yeah. you mentioned that. Okay. So that makes sense then. Yeah. But um, I'm glad the brighters made sure to <laughs> yeah. address that. I'm sure that was a. Hey, we gotta. Yeah, we said this. I'm sure yeah. that was the last minute. Those, those little continuity. I'm pretty forgiving on mm -hmm. you know things like that. It's right. like yeah, okay, whatever. I they don't have to, any show I watch. They don't have to show every little thing. I can I can fill in gaps. I can be like, well, maybe he found them on the. You yeah. Know, maybe sometime, you know, they don't have to show everything that happens in order for me to believe that you know like they could have been like, well, when he was walking through the tunnel, he grab some and pick them up i yeah. i can make those leaps those are those are pretty easy yeah but uh but i know for some people you know they, it's a sticking point it's, those things are are huge sticking points. yeah, yeah. So, so what yeah. happens next yeah, the right? big reveal that yeah. everybody was freaking out about either 
they knew what it was or they had no clue what it was. Right. (laughs) So um, they pan back to the TIE fighter and you hear this lightsaber ignition and then this thing comes out, cuts out this doorway of the TIE fighter and Gideon kicks it out and he comes walking out with this this black sword thingy. Yeah. Um, I knew it was the dark saber, so I was like pretty astounded by that. Uh Uh-huh. He kind of poses, stands on top of the TIE fighter and poses with it, you know, Hebrew pose. It was, yeah. it was a pretty cool moment. So I was excited about that. Um, for you, did you have an idea what I, that was? I did not. I, you know, admittedly n- not a huge watcher of the animated series. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of, f- you know, do my best to kind of fill in the gaps. But uh, I had not a clue, you know. Mm-hmm. So obviously once I saw that, I had to do a bunch of research. I think you guys texted me. It was like... So what's this yeah. saber thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, did, uh, did we not watch that episode together on the first we time we watched it? I don't think so. Yeah, because I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, what's, uh, you know, next thing I was, no, I was all over the internet, yeah. you know, <laughs> searching the dark saber. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I'm, now I'm an expert, right? Yeah. No, not even, but yeah. But definitely, so when you first saw it, though, obviously the dark saber, and and um, is it Clone Wars or Rebels that it's more in? Uh, or, probably Clone Wars. Okay, so in the Clone, when you saw it, it reveal itself, I mean the dark saber was not a big plot point in the series, right? It was just you know different characters had it. Yeah, but another was, cool weapon. Yeah, but there was never any kind of like um, storyline attached to it uh, or or hinging on it. Uh, no, it was I mean, it just, was part of the story in yeah. some episodes, but yeah, it wasn't like uh, like R2 with the Death Star plans type thing. Right, yeah. It so. was just, wow, he's got the dark saber. That's mm-hmm. cool. And when you saw it, you immediately thought what, though? How did he get that? Okay, because... <laughs> Where's that la- been for the last 30 years? Because according to uh, the best of your knowledge, the last person who had it was who? Yeah, so Sabine in in Rebels, which is a few years before A New Hope, Sabine gets it and she gives it to uh, Bo-Katan okay. as a symbol of leadership for the Mandalorian people. Because that, that was kind of one of the plot points of the Darksaber was that it is a symbol of their leadership. And if you have it, then you can be the leader. Um, kind of like a a crown type thing. If you own this, then you're the man or you're the leader. And so they gave it to Bo-Katan and she was going to lead the people because Bo-Katan is also the sister of the previous leader, uh, Satine. So they made that connection and gave it to her. But that was pre A New Hope. And then we didn't really hear anything about it after that. So we don't know what happened after that. So all of a sudden it's there. You know, it just kind of, if anything, especially with... uh, with you, it cemented that you know that uh, Moth Gideon was there at the purge, and that's probably where mm-hmm. he got it from. Yeah, he got it from Bo-Katan somehow. He, somehow he got it from Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. which made you wonder, though, at this point, is Bo-Katan alive, right? Because yeah. this, when we're watching this show, we don't know, right? Because mm-hmm. the last yeah. time we see Bo-Katan, she's what? In Rebels. She's in Rebels. She's the leader of Mandalore because everyone accepts that. Uh, so I, I assumed she was dead because if you defeat someone, you have to defeat someone to get it, mm-hmm. basically. Kind of like uh, 
Kind of like Harry Potter and the yeah. El- <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> the Elder Wand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I assume she was dead at this point. Yeah. And or captured maybe uh-huh. at best. So, w- did you see it though? Were you thinking, oh, we might see, you know, both not at, the time? Not at this point. In season two. Not or initially. Just like, ah, oh, she must be dead. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a tie-in somewhere. Yeah. When you saw it, they're like, maybe they'll he'll go to Mandalore in mm-hmm. in season two. And we'll see, because why would you bring that weapon exactly up unless you have some sort of future plot storyline to go with it, right? Because mm-hmm. that was a big, you know, reveal at the yeah, end. Yeah, they didn't need one. to include that unless they were going to do yeah. something with it. Could have been any saber, right? Yeah, could have been blaster. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they introduced that saber makes you go, oh, this yeah. is taking an interesting direction. Yeah, and I thought, well, that's a Mandalorian weapon. The show is the Mandalorian. Din's going to end up with it at some point, and he's going to be the leader of Mandalore. That's kind of what my first thought process was. Uh-huh. Was that because why else would you bring yeah. a weapon that signifies the leadership of Mandalore? That has such a, a, a deep-seated tie to yeah. Mandalore, right? Yeah. With uh, Tar Vizsla being, you know, the person who created it. Mm-hmm. He was a Jedi. He was a Mandalore, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Obviously, with that introduction of the dark saber, you know you've got some, you know, it's got to. We've got to probably multi- ultimately, hopefully, we'll see Din Djarin go to Mandalore, mm-hmm. and we see what the situation is. But do you yeah. think Din Djarin is the kind of person who would take on the role of a leader? I don't see it. I don't personally. see it. Yeah. So that was another question. I was like, well, he doesn't. He wants to be left alone, basically. Yeah, he's a loner. Yeah. Um, I don't see him don't see taking, as a leader. picking, taking up the uh, the the, uh, the 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 veil or the you know the the leadership role. You know that that. Yeah. Uh, well, that could be his story, like his journey, his character arc. Is he's this loner guy, and then he becomes the leader of his people. Yeah, that could be it. And just, the, I don't the, think it's too far fetched, but it, it would take a lot for that to happen at this yeah. point. Yeah, I just don't see that mantle mm-hmm. being l- l- resting on his shoulders. But I don't see him like, um, but I, well, I just don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what, you know, you know, we'll see what the the next, you know, obviously season two's out. Obviously we've watched it. <laughs> obviously we're, uh, at this point in time at the recording of this, of this uh, episode uh, and we're waiting for our episode or season three to come out. So yeah. it'll be, you know. Interesting to see how that how that pans out. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, we've seen the trailer. Yeah, definitely watch it if you haven't already. So, so final thoughts on this season as far as not only this episode but how it tied up the season for you and yeah. All that. Again, you know, I uh, I believe this was the first live action TV series yeah. that they that Disney did. And I think it was a home run. And mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of people got uh, engaged in it, including my wife, mm-hmm. you know, who yeah. is a Star Wars fan. But, you know, it doesn't, you know, probably on a, nowhere near on the level I am. And, and even then I'm, you know, not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't live and eat and breathe Star Wars. But, but, uh, but it, it definitely... Um, I'm definitely a fan, and it definitely brought a lot of people back to to the universe. 
got a lot got of people, people excited excited about the, the the series where you know the prequels that seemed to divide a lot of fans mm-hmm. you know even when i watched them and you know we've talked about this in the past at the end of the day they're great movies it's anything in the universe is enjoyable to watch uh, as i iterated for reasons previously but you know sometimes when you're an adult you know uh, trying to think that you're going to watch a movie and get those same experiences you did when as a kid you're just you're not going to because mm-hmm. you're not a kid anymore right your your brain it works differently <laughs> it's different your 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 life your view of life and how it works is different and you know you tend to be a you know, you're not as innocent. Well, do you feel like this show brought you close to that more than previously? It certainly brought me uh, to a different universe. Because as an adult watching the Star Wars episodes, um, there's plot. There are times when I think to myself, when they show jedi using the force right it's just almost getting to the point now where sometimes i can't this idea creeps into my mind as they introduce more and more force powers Mm -hmm. and and things which i don't necessarily have a problem with but like i start thinking that is it is it is the force are are they showing the force in such a way that they're going down a a path that would start making you question on whether or not that it's um, overpowered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's kind of like, well, if someone with the force had the wherewithal and the hind- and the the foresight, you know, they could like turn. You know, when a you know a, a, a Jedi could just when they're fighting a you know a Sith Lord could just turn the lightsaber on when it's still attached to their belt, you know, and yeah. cut their leg off or something, or, or they could just, yeah. or when they're fighting them, when they come down with a, a blow, you know, they could use the force to turn their lightsaber off so it doesn't block it and they could just cut through them. You, mm-hmm. you know, you start going down those paths of like, well, you could, gosh, you could use the force to do pretty much anything. And if that's the case, it, you know, someone who's pretty, you know, pretty smart, could find them using the force could find themselves pretty much out of anything. Whereas before when you're a kid and it's innocent, it's just kind of like this ambiguous, it's more ambiguous. You couldn't, you could use it to like not move objects, but it really more was an internal thing to me. It was just like allowed you to maybe be more personally agile and more personally, you know your athleticism your mm-hmm. your abilities your personal physical abilities you were more in as you were more in tune with the force and enhanced your physical abilities where now it's kind of become more of this thing where it's like another weapon in your holster that you can use yeah and and is it is it so getting i could go on and on so getting away from that the point is is that i appreciated a story in the star wars universe where the force wasn't there and you could just see normal people outside of baby grogu uh yeah baby yoda yeah exactly but it wasn't about the force right the hero was 
uh, uh, you know, could be, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you, when people talk about superheroes and Batman versus Superman, right? Mm -hmm. Batman, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a guy, Mm -hmm. right? And I love, I I can appreciate that. uh, Whereas, you know, people, I love Superman, but, you know, for some people, it's just kind of like, well, I mean, if you wanted to, you could basically say Superman can do anything. And if he can do anything, then what's really, what's yeah. the threat? What's, what, yeah. yeah. So to me, I, I kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to, that's what I appreciated this show because it wasn't about a chosen one mm-hmm. and of the force. Um, and it was just kind of like more of brought it down to my level. More relatable. Like more relatable. Yeah. And I could be like, wow, wouldn't this be a cool universe to live in? Mm-hmm. Um, to a certain degree, you know, that, that, that's why I appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with that. That line of thinking is, yeah, the Jedi are cool. And I would love to see a series about the Jedi and maybe Jedi versus Sith or something. But at the same time, these type of stories are just as interesting in different ways, you know. Yeah. They're more character driven. They're more, um, like you said, personable because they're relatable. So yeah. definitely, uh, it has its place. And I want to see more of this. These type of stories, like Ahsoka's coming out, and that's going to be more Jedi uh, focused, force yeah. force users and stuff, yeah. which is great. But there's got to be a balance. And I think with the movies, we got so much Jedi, so much force that it's good to have this to counterbalance it. Yeah, I mean the original trilogy trilogy you had you had the emperor and you had darth vader and then you had luke and that was it though mm-hmm. as, as far as we knew those were the only people left in existence who had these force abilities right mm-hmm. and uh and as far as we knew they would be the only ones going on and maybe maybe and maybe they would pass on what they had learned to an individual but there would not be an army of Jedi's an army of Sith Lords, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it's cool to think that way, but it's kind of like, um, I can appreciate, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that appreciates that they don't make it, that they keep it less common and they keep it like, okay, only one or pe- two people. It's this ancient thing. And it created a lot of problems <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back when everyone, a lot yeah. of more people could use it. Yeah. And now it's just kind of unique where there's only just one person, you know. Mm-hmm. And in, in the new trilogy, when Luke, when Skywalker says it's time for the Jedi to go away, I mean, when I first heard that, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, how dare you? But now I'm almost kind of like, I can, in some sense of the form, I can appreciate that because mm-hmm. it sounds like, um, it seems like, you have to have balance, right? And if you're going to have someone with the, on, on the dark side using the, the, the force for nefarious purposes, then you've got to have a, someone, you have to have the opposite. Hmm. But, you know, and so maybe it's good that maybe, you know, maybe the force only comes around or gets more powerful or attaches itself to individuals who have the ability to use it when it's needed because someone on the other side is using it yeah. for nefarious purposes. Right. But when no one's has it, it keeps everything equal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That is a theory from the prequels. Why Anakin needed to be born, why there needed to be a chosen one is because Darth Sidious was so powerful. Yeah. You know, so there had to be that balance. 
Yeah. And if the if those things are gone, then is there a need for the Force to have Jedi? Have if there's no evil Sith Lord or whatever, you know, evil Force users, do we need to have the Jedi at all? Right. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. But I'm excited. You know, the uh, at this point in time, uh, uh, you know, Andor uh, is going to be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. That tr- that that. Uh, uh, it was more. They're basically the not not a trailer, but uh, yeah, basically a trailer. Yeah. Um, but that looked really interesting, right? Yeah. No, no force users. No force users. It's about the Republic. Yeah. The Empire. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's not about the. It's about the formation, the start of the Republic or the, re, the rebellion. The start of the rebellion. The right. The Republic. Yeah. 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 That one looks good. It looks good, and and the production value, and why yeah. the production value looks really good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so. Um, I, I, I'm beginning, and maybe it's just showing my age, but may, I'm beginning to appreciate, you know, when I was a kid, you know, the, you know, everyone, every kid want to be Luke Skywalker and be the chosen one. Mm-hmm. But now I'm that I'm adult. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not really, you know, I, I just want to see because I, I, you know, I don't know that I would fit into that world. So I want to see the world that I could fit in, which is, you know, to me, you know, where I would be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So as far as this show and how it, uh, I thought there was some great moments throughout the series and the technology that they developed for this series, the, the volume or whatever, the, I forget what they, they also, there's another name for it, but, uh, the way they're able to you know, show backgrounds and not have it just be green screen yeah. that they have to act against, but have these environments. It brought a sense of realism to this show that was was needed. Yeah. Um, it still kind of felt small a lot of times because a lot of times they were in this town of Navarro, on Navarro. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of, there was world hopping, but they'd go to this place and it would just be kind of self-contained. Yeah. So there were some limitations, but um, I didn't mind it so much yeah i, I thought mean, it was still well done you know one thing you enjoy about the the, the movies is you know there's a lot of space scenes right yeah. and we didn't yeah. see a lot of that right yeah so the 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 expanse or the spans of the universe isn't really illustrated yeah or, or represented that much in these episodes because we don't see a lot of um and i you know and i think that's part of you know, trying to deliver a product where it's as realistic, um, uh, props, realistic effects, mm-hmm. getting away from the green screen. But we do know that they've, uh, you know, filmed this, uh, using a large kind of panoramic, mm-hmm. um, the volume, the volume and TV screens, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a, a, an enhanced game engine basically mm-hmm. that yeah. they designed this off of. And I mean, I thought that was amazing, uh, and probably provides um, a great. You know, uh, uh, will have definitely have an impact on future uh, TV and, and movie making as that technology that's yeah. you know advanced, and you know they could be they could be in giant rooms now, warehouse sized yeah. rooms with all the, you know the walls sixty feet tall with backgrounds lit on them, and and. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of potential. Yeah, a lot of potential. Because CGI is just so obviously CGI. Yeah. Yeah. It has its place, but it gets overused, I believe. Yeah. 
So, so enhancing something I think is great, but relying on it a hundred percent where you basically have two actors in a giant room covered in green or blue screen. I mean, I think that's, you know, <laughs> including the floor they're walking on and yeah. their entire environment yeah, is just hard. CGI. It's just so obvious nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of a nuanced thing. I think when it, as they developed it and got it better, but when, um, but practical effects, I think is where really it's at. And yeah. I, I just loved, I loved it, but, um, yeah, it, 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 I enjoyed it and I look forward as they, uh, continue to, to, to film these TV shows. I hope they keep producing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So overall, I give this episode high marks. I give it a, I don't know, like a nine out of 10. It was, it was fun to watch, especially the first time. The second time was good. Yeah. And it got me excited to start up season two. Yeah. Yeah. For a rewatch, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we will be doing that next. So, so stay tuned for our review of uh, season two episode. Well, I guess not really episode one. It's like episode nine, right? Chapter nine. I think they just continued with the, the sequential numbers of it. So we'll be reviewing chapter nine as... Uh, the Mandalorian goes out to search for a Jedi to find uh, Baby Yoda, his people, and return them. And we'll see how that journey goes. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have these done before season yeah. three. The goal is to wrap it up before season three. <laughs> Comes out, which is in next year. February. February yeah. of next year. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. All right. Exciting. Yep. So thanks, guys, for joining us. Once again, subscribe to our channel. Like the video. Comment on the video. All that stuff that all these YouTubers say. But uh, it definitely helps us out, and we appreciate you guys watching and being a part of this journey. So thanks, guys, and may the Force be with you. Have a good one.